Hi everyone, it's awesome to be with you and I'm really excited as we begin a brand new series today called Loved to the End. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app, will you turn with me to the book of John chapter 13? That's where we're going to be today in John chapter 13. And this is the start of a famous section in Jesus' life and teaching. It's called the Upper Room Discourse. Starts in John chapter 13, ends in John chapter 17. It's also called the Farewell Discourse. And um, this is a whole section of scripture um, that this, this whole conversation, it all took place on Thursday before Good Friday. So we're going to spend a lot of time on Thursday before Good Friday. In fact, we're, this series is going to run for nine of the next 11 weeks until we reach Good Friday and Easter. So uh, a great series to begin the year with. Isn't it amazing, Easter, 11 weeks away, 12 weeks away? That's kind of crazy. Uh, that's where we're at. Um, but anyways, the context here is, is really important because Jesus is sharing a meal with his disciples and uh, this is, Jesus is less than 24 hours away from being betrayed, and he's 24 hours away from the cross, and Jesus knows he's leaving this world. So this is his opportunity to encourage his followers and to say goodbye. And our theme verse for this series is going to be John 13.1. I love this scripture. It says, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. What a powerful statement about Jesus' love for us. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. He loved them to the end. You could translate it, he loved them to the uttermost. And when I think about somebody loving something to the very end, can't help but think of waffle breakfast. <laughs> Got your attention. I always think of Shrek. I'm making waffles. I, just, I always say that. Um, no, uh, waffle breakfast. This goes back to my Gordon Conwell days. When every Saturday morning, Angie and I would go over to Jeff and Liz Arthur's house for waffle breakfast, and they had a son named, they still have a son, a son named Daniel. He was in middle school at the time. So it's the five of us on Saturday morning hanging out, eating waffles, you know, syrup on top, eggs, bacon, hope you ate breakfast, you know, <laughs> potatoes, oh, amazing waffle breakfast. And then when you're done, what do you have? You, you know, you have the plate left with the sticky syrup all over it. You know what I'm talking about? Well, uh, every Saturday morning, Daniel, who, like I said, he's, he was in middle school at the time. Every Saturday morning after waffle breakfast was done, he'd always ask his mom, hey, mom, can I be excused? She'd be like, yeah, you can be excused. He'd grab his plate, he'd go to the bathroom, and in the bathroom, he would lick <laughs> all the syrup off his plate and come back like nothing had happened. <laughs> that is loving something to the end, right? That's loving something all the way. And what we want to teach you in this series, what we want to share with you, is that that's how Jesus loves us. He loves us to the end. He loves us to the utmost. He loves us to a cross. Nothing, whatever you're going to face today, tomorrow, this week, in 2018, listen, 
He is going to love you all the way through. He's going to love you to the last moment, to the very end, because that's who he is. And nothing will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I hope you know that and believe that. Well, today we're starting our journey in John chapter 13. This is a passage that's familiar to many of us in this room. It's a story where Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. And it is a dramatic and powerful picture of Jesus' love that absolutely transforms his disciples. As we come to this passage, as we try to wrap our minds around this idea that love serves, and, uh, and as we see how Jesus comes into our life, and how Jesus loves and serves us, and dare I say it, how Jesus washes our feet, oh, we won't be able to leave here today the same. I believe that. No, we're going to be blessed We're going to be blessed to go and to love and serve the people that God has put in our life. Because that's what love does. Love serves. It's how Jesus loves us. And it's how we are changed to go and love and serve other people. So that's what I want to to talk about today. This idea that love serves. So we're going to read the story together. John chapter 13. And then we'll pray and dive in. So if you have... Have your app, your Bible. Let's read John 13 together. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. You're clean, though not every one of you. For I knew who was going to betray him. That was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. All right, let's pray. We'll dive in. God, thanks for this morning. Thank you for the story, for the, the example that Jesus set for us. That he took the low position to love and to serve us. 
And I pray that today that we would encounter this Jesus who's here to wash, to cleanse, to love, to forgive each one of us. Lord, speak through me. Give us ears to listen. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I just got a couple of points. I'll be out of your way. First one that I see in this passage, first, first really important thing is that Jesus serves and Jesus serves us. So here we are, we're in this moment. This is one of the most dramatic and vivid and powerful stories in the entire New Testament. It's Thursday before Good Friday. And what does Jesus do? He serves. He goes low. He washes the feet of his disciples. And what's interesting to me as I, I was reading through this story is that Jesus had every reason to not serve. You ever had an opportunity to serve? And all like reasons why you maybe couldn't serve come into your head? I've had that happen to me. Well, what's very interesting is that Jesus had every reason not to serve. And as we go through the passage, you can see that. Verse 1 says, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. So this is Jesus' last night on planet Earth. If it was your last night on planet Earth, would you want to wash 12 guys' dirty feet? I'm thinking probably not. That might be a good excuse. Hey, I'm leaving this world. You know? <laughs> Maybe there's something else he'd like to do. Verse 2. The evening meal was in progress. The devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. So how about this? Judas is at the table. That devil. You're going to wash his feet? Jesus could have looked around the table. said, oh, Judas is here. He's going to betray me tonight. I'm not washing his feet. But he didn't use that excuse. He had every reason not to serve. And yet, he chose to serve. Last one, verse 3. This is crazy. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. Who's the most powerful person in the room right now? Jesus, right? Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power. He had come from God. He's returning to God. What do you do when you're the most powerful person in the room? If you're Jesus, you pick up a towel. You serve. He had every reason not to serve. What did he do? He goes low. Takes the towel. Takes the water. He begins to wash his disciples' feet. And John, who's writing this, he was there. He was in that moment. And I love how he describes the scene as Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Verse 5 and 6. This is so, so amazing. Most powerful person in the room, Jesus. His betrayers at the table last night on earth. Jesus got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. I don't know, how do you guys feel about feet? <laughs> In Jesus' day, people didn't wear shoes and socks. I got lovely baby feet. You know, I don't know if you got baby feet. Maybe you're a working person. Look, 
Back in Jesus' day, people didn't wear shoes and socks. They wore sandals. They walked on dirty, dusty roads, sweaty feet, picking up dirt and grime and muck. What does Jesus do? He goes low, takes off the sandals, and washes the feet of 12 men. Leather, I'm thinking leathery feet. If you walk in sandals, I, got, I mean, my wife loves to wear sandals. I'll tell you, you know, at the end of summer, it's not pretty. <laughs> she, she'll ask for a pedicure, and I'm like, go for it. You, God bless those people. I'm just, I'm just teasing and playing, but, you know, I'll say, oh, I love you from the top of your head to the top of your feet. That's not Jesus, though, right? Jesus loves us all the way down to the very bottom of our feet. Isn't that amazing? He loves us down to the dirtiest part of our life. And in a culture where only the lowest, the lowest of the low, a servant or a slave would have the job of washing somebody's feet. And yet how amazing is it that we see Jesus taking this role taking the towel and washing the feet of his disciples. That's how Jesus loves us. He loves us to the bottom of our feet, to the dirtiest part of our lives, even to the deepest, darkest depths of our sin. That's the love of Jesus. And that's where this conversation goes next. Verse 6, I love Peter. Jesus came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. What he's saying is he's saying, what I'm doing now is pointing towards the cross. It's pointing, later you're going to understand. He's speaking of the cross. And Peter's like, no, you'll never wash my feet. Do any of you have a hard time being served? When somebody wants to serve you, you're like, no. That's Peter. I can relate. You'll never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. What's powerful about this story, as powerful as it is for Jesus to take a towel and to wash his disciples' feet, what's powerful about this story is how 24 hours later, Jesus took a cross and he washed away our sins. You know, we can re resist. We can be like Peter. We can be like, no, Lord, not me. And Jesus says, unless I wash your feet, you have no part with me. And so today, Jesus comes to you as a servant. And when you say yes to Jesus, you invite him into your life. He comes as a servant. And by his death on a cross, his blood washes away all of our sins. And in that moment, there is a cleansing and a forgiveness and a freedom that comes. And it's hard. It's hard to receive. It's hard to be served. But listen, you're never going to outserve Jesus. He will always outserve you. And so it's, we say, yes, God, I receive that. Come into my heart, into my life, to, to the, the bottom of my feet, God, to the dirtiest part of my life, 
come, forgive me, cleanse me. Give me a fresh start. That's the opportunity we've had. And some of you today, you've said yes to Jesus. Some of you are here today and you've never said yes to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And today you can say yes to Jesus. Comes to Peter. Peter's like, yeah, dude, I want that. Lord, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Total cleansing. Pour it on. And Jesus answers, this is great. Those who have had a bath need only wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you're clean. And maybe you're here today. You've said yes to Jesus. He's come into your life. You've had that bath. What Jesus is, is saying to you is he's saying, you are clean. You are clean. Yeah, we sin, we struggle, feet get dirty, but none of those things changes the fact of what Jesus did for you on the cross. And you need to know that today. So what do we do with that? The Bible says that we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's what Jesus does. He comes as a servant, humble, washes our feet. We receive that. And that's the truth of who you are. So the deep truth about this story is not how we served Jesus, right? We're not the hero in this story. Jesus is the hero. And the powerful thing is how Jesus comes into our life, how his blood and his sacrifice on the cross washes away our sins. And how Jesus totally transforms our life because he loved us and served us like that. It's this powerful truth that love serves. That's what Jesus did for you. He loved you. He served you. He died on a cross for your sins so they could be washed away, total cleansing. But when you experience that, like I said, something happens in your life where, where now you want to go and love and serve others just the way Jesus has loved and served you. So not only does Jesus serve us, but number two, we are blessed to serve. We're blessed to serve. And when we serve, it's not just that we're doing nice things for people. It's that we are following the example of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you guys like Wendy's. Wendy's can be hit and miss for me. It's not Chick-fil-A. But I do, I do love the story of Dave Thomas, who's the founder of Wendy's. Uh, even as a CEO, when Dave Thomas was alive, he was known as a humble leader, and he was known as a servant. And people would ask Dave Thomas, who's the CEO of a multi-billion dollar organization, Say, Dave, what is your secret to success? And he would always say, the secret to my success is my MBA. And uh, he was not talking about a graduate business degree. Dave Thomas never even graduated high school. Isn't that amazing? CEO of a multi-billion dollar company. But when people asked him, what makes you successful? He says, my MBA. And everybody knew he was talking about a deep personal core value. And that MBA was what he said. It was his mop and bucket attitude. 
Doesn't that speak volumes? When the CEO of a multi-billion dollar corporation is still willing to grab a mop and a bucket and to clean up a mess. What does that say? It says, hey, we're here to serve. Be humble. You know, nothing is beneath you. And that's the example that Jesus set for us. Most powerful person in the universe goes low, gets on his knees, wash our feet, wash the feet of his disciples. And so what do you do when you're the most powerful person in the room? You grab a towel and you serve. Mop and bucket attitude, foot and towel attitude. My FTA, I don't know what that even stands, foot and towel. <laughs> John 13, 12, Jesus sets the example. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? Jesus asked. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example. You should do as I've done for you. Jesus isn't asking us to do anything he hasn't done himself. It's this powerful truth that love serves. But this is what's cool, and this is what I'm excited to talk to you about. Not only are we invited to serve, but we are blessed to serve. You guys know what I'm talking about? It is a blessing to serve. This is what Jesus says, and this is the fun part. Verse 16, very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be what? Blessed. You'll be blessed if you do them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So it's not just that we choose to serve. Although we do choose to serve, Jesus is saying that we are blessed to serve. What does the word blessed mean? That's a very churchy word. But the word blessed in the scripture is the Greek word makarios. And the Greek word makarios means happy. Happy are those that serve. What Jesus is saying is that there will be a joy and a happiness that comes into your life by virtue of serving other people. In other words, there will be an internal fulfillment. There will be an internal joy and happiness and a delight that comes to your life as you go low and lift other people up. That's the blessing of serving others. And I love as a pastor over the years seeing the joy on the faces of people who serve. And I look at a guy like an Adam Manwarren who is... This guy, I see it in his life. You know, he's helped us come up with this logo. Um, but here is a guy who loves this church. And last summer's coming up and he's saying, hey, I love this church. I know a lot of people in this community would love to be a part of a church family like this. And here's a guy with uber gifts in marketing and promotion. He's saying, can I use my gifts? Can I serve? And you don't know this, but He's been working so hard, and even over Christmas break, he's out in Minnesota with his family, and the kids are watching a movie. And what's he doing? He's on his computer with ideas for a website. He can't stop. He's having so much fun because it's a blessing to use your gifts and serve other people. And it's not just Adam. Man, 
People in this church love to serve. I look at so many of you, just even right now, so many servants in this room. And I believe that one of the DNA components of this church, something that I'm enjoying um, as, I've, as I've been with you, one of the DNA components of this church is that God has brought a lot of people here who love to serve. And it has been amazing. I think about my wife and I, and we have been blown away as people helped us move in, sanded our walls, painted walls, have shoveled the snow off our walks, have come and said, here, we'll watch your kids. You go out on a date. This is a church that serves. We have a volunteer huddle, 60 people coming together, serving on Sunday mornings. What a powerful thing it is to be a part of a church that loves to serve because we are blessed to serve. And my prayer in 2018 is that we'll do this more and more. We will be a church that loves to serve, not only here, serve in our community. I love the scripture that says Jesus did not come to be served, to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So what if we took that as the example for our lives? Okay, I'm going to work today. I'm not here to be served, but to serve. In my home, man, I'm not here in my home to be served. I'm here to serve and take the attitude of Jesus Christ. One thing that I'm excited about and um, you know, I hope to see even more and more is, is even as our small groups get together, and, and this is the start of small group week and the start of a new semester, I'd love to see our small groups not just meeting together, but serving together. And it's something that we did back in Colorado. And we began as a group. We started brainstorming ways that we could start meeting the practical needs of people around us. And we did that every, every time we'd meet, we'd pray like, like every small group in the country does. But we would ask one powerful question when we got together. We would ask, do any of us know someone who has a need? What if we just started asking that question in our small groups? Do we know anyone who has a need? And then we go as a group together and we meet that need. It is amazing how God can use that and how God can use a group of believers who are doing life together, who are studying scripture and serving and loving the people that God has put in their life. I remember one time someone in our group, had her mom was battling health issues big time. And so she said, you know what would be amazing if, is if, if we could, as a group could bring meals to my mom. Now, her mom was not a Christian. She was not a believer. She didn't go to church. But imagine a group of people throughout the week bringing her meals. And I remember Angie and I going one night, bringing a meal to her house, coming into her kitchen, and she's just overwhelmed by the love she's experienced. And so we say, you know what? It's been awesome to serve you. Would you mind if we took a few minutes to pray for you? And right there in the kitchen, we have the opportunity to close our eyes with somebody who's far, been far from God. Put our hands on her shoulder, pray for her, and minister the love of God the Father. And what's so powerful about that moment is a month and a half later, two months later, Christmas Eve comes around. She came to our Christmas Eve service and got to hear the good news about Jesus. And it started with one question. What can we do to serve? 
Do we know anybody that has a need? And I pray that in 2018, this week, we would be asking that question. What can I do to serve? What can I do to serve the people God has put in my life? Why would we do that? Because love serves. Because Jesus served us. He set the example. And now we are blessed to go and serve others. Amen? Well, today is communion. And uh, what a perfect opportunity even as Jesus celebrated the Passover meal with his disciples and the bread and the cup. But I want to go back because communion is an opportunity to receive. I think so many of us are like Peter. We're like, no, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. And we resist. And what I want to encourage you to do today is to allow Jesus to meet you in this moment and allow Jesus to come and to minister to you. Bring the dirtiest part of your life and allow Jesus to wash those sins away. He's here as a servant. He loves you. Bring your struggles. Bring the challenges. He's here to meet you in this moment. That's why we call it communion. This is not about doing our token thing, eating the token bread. No, Jesus is in this. He died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead to give us new life. And if you'll receive that gift, he's going to come in and he's going to do a work in your heart today. So let me pray for you, and as I do, we'll have the ushers come forward. God, thanks for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your word and to see the example of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross for our sins. I'm amazed that you would lay down your life for me, for my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross and washing our sins away. So in this moment, as we take the bread, as we take the cup, I ask God that you take away our resistance Take away the hardness in our hearts and simply give us a moment to receive everything that you have for us. To receive grace and to receive mercy and to receive love and forgiveness. So I ask that for each person here. 